To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word we base our message on this morning, this 26th Sunday after Pentecost, the second to the last Sunday of the church year, is a blending of the Old Testament reading from Daniel and the Gospel from Mark chapter 13. I recall just these words from Daniel. It will be a time of trouble unlike any that has existed from the time there have been nations until that time. But at that time, your people, everyone written in the book, will be rescued. And from the Gospel, these things must happen. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who is coming to take his holy ones to be with him to heaven, my beloved. I found myself this past uh, perhaps year, maybe two years, uh, watching the news stations and listening to talk radio with more discretion than in the past. Because you see, there's news... And I don't mind listening to the events and uh, what's happening and taking place. But then there's also the commentary. And then there's also the speculation. What's going to happen in the future? And then you end up with a whole bunch of guesses and opinions about what's coming in the future. It's sort of like those pregame sports shows where everybody takes a guess as to who's going to win the game. And, of course, you got a 50-50 chance. This morning, we listen to the voice of our God, and he doesn't speak to us about speculation or opinions or guesses, but he speaks to us about the future with 100% accuracy, the truth. He's going to talk to us this morning about the last days, terrible days but also about the last day, the wonderful day. From Holy Scripture, we know exactly how this planet Earth is going to end. And it's not going to be from the melting of polar ice caps, and it's not going to be from climate change, and it's not going to be from rising oceans, and it's not going to be from a nuclear holocaust. In fact... Who would ever imagine that scenario? If you could blow off every last nuclear uh, warhead, you still can't destroy the planet. It's not going to be that destroyed that way. In fact, God tells us in Holy Scripture in Genesis, told Noah, as long as the earth exists, planting and harvesting, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never stop. You want to know how it's going to end, then you listen to Peter in his second uh, letter when he says, when that day comes, heaven will be on fire, will be destroyed. Everything that makes up the universe will burn and melt by God's hand. And so we talk about the end. Why do we talk about the end? We do it every time we end the church year. Because there's a danger that we're going to think that... uh, Time goes on forever. People who do not believe in the triune God thinks, oh, this planet goes on forever and ever. Man's in control 
of all of his continued advancements, technology, medicine, mass production, God says it's all going to end. Man's accomplishments are finite and final. So God in his grace, what does he do for us as he reminds us of the last day? He gives us road signs. Markers that tell us the end is near. Last week, the week before this week, uh, I think I told you we went up to Mankato to visit our uh, grandchildren, my daughter and son-in-law. And I don't know about you, you know, you get out the GPS and you know where you are all the time anyway, but it's kind of nice to see those road signs, you know, 82 miles to Toma, uh, 35 miles to La Crosse. You, you know where you are. God tells us, take a look at the signs of the time because we are near the end. And he also tells us that as time goes on, unfortunately, and for those of you who remember our our study on Revelation not too long ago, the times are not going to get better. They're only going to get worse. Matthew chapter 24, Mark 13 today, and also Daniel Talk about some of the signs of the end. Many will lose faith. There will be wars and rumors of war. I mean, every day, don't you hear either North Korea, Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq? People will hate each other. And betray each other. Oh, sounds a little like uh, Washington, D.C. More and more lawlessness on our streets and university campuses. Most people's love will grow cold. They will torture and kill you. They will hate you because you are committed to me. These things must happen. When God says these things must happen, he's saying he's going to have a hand in all this stuff. These are his signs. Are they coming true? You bet they are. Every once in a while I I mention I read the World magazine, which is uh, taking a look at the world from a Christian vantage point. One article, imperiled, Leah Sharibu, 15 years old of Nigeria, is in danger of losing her life after she refused to give up her Christian faith under threat from her Boko Haram captors. Sherabu is the last Delhi schoolgirl left in captivity under the Muslim terrorist group. They refused to let her go because she would not renounce Christianity. The prisoners who returned home told stories of Sherabu's determined and stand for her faith. People are arguing for her freedom, whether or not she'll ever get it, we don't know. Then there's another article here about Chinese dissident Wang Yang. On September 21st, 2016, human rights advocate Wang Yang stepped out of the Loban District Detention Center in the bright yellow blouse, breathing fresh air for the first time in nearly a year. Her ankles and calves were covered with infected cuts where heavy shackles had dug into her skin. Her punishment for yelling slogans at the guards until her throat grew hoarse. 
And then she got out. But escaping China's communist regime isn't so easy for political targets like Wang, who is also a Christian. After she left the prison, two Chinese hospitals, apparently under government pressure, refused to give her needed surgery for her cancer. She ultimately had to travel to Thailand to get medical treatment. On the next page, she says, I believe in God. So even if you sent in an army to confront me, I wouldn't be afraid. I sort of had to rethink my thinking this past week after reading a couple of articles and said, are we suffering persecution as a sign of the end here in the United States? And I guess my answer today is no. What we are suffering is a loss of Christian predominance in the United States. And it presents a whole lot of challenges. But we certainly aren't suffering like these people. And we pray that it will not happen. So what we should we do with the freedoms that we have here, even though we see signs of the end and our Christian faith being challenged? Well, Jesus gives us some ideas to how we should spend our time. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you, politically, religiously, or whatever. There's another sign of the times, though. And it says that before the end, the gospel will be preached to all the nations. One little snippet again from the World magazine about a Christian church in China. What has surprised you most about the Chinese church in the past few decades? The rules that govern what Christians can and can't do in China have been in place since the early 1980s and haven't changed much. Every time I've been to China in the past 15 years, I saw Christians doing something and thought you can't do that in China. But they're doing it. Believers are creative despite the restrictions. They've moved into new areas, opening standalone urban house churches, publishing Christian books and setting up Christian websites, counseling centers and schools. Until now, the Chinese government has rarely squashed these things. And the gospel shall be preached to the ends of the earth, and then the end shall come. In spite of it all, the gospel will be preached as one of the signs of the end. But we see all the terrible things as signs of the end. And Daniel, what he, he tells us this morning, he says, it will be a time of trouble unlike anything that has existed from the time there have been nations until that time. You take a look at all these stuff, and what Daniel is telling us is, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to get worse. So should we spend a lot of time worrying about us, worrying about what's going to happen to the kids, what's going to happen to the grandkids and the great-grandkids? I guess what we need to be doing is spending a whole lot of time praying and instructing the next generation that no matter what happens, their God is in control, standing with them, and will bring them to heaven. Michael will come. He will rescue the faithful. There will be the resurrection and judgment and eternal glory in the book of Daniel. So, you know, as we talk about the end times and the final day, 
the last day. This isn't a, a story about defeat. It's a story about victory. At that time, we're told in Daniel, when it looks so bleak, the archangel will come, Michael, to the rescue. He's going to rescue all of those whose names are written in the book of life. Who are those people written in the book of life? Why, you. And how do you know? Because you're sitting here today believing in your Savior, Jesus Christ. Daniel also tells us those living at the end will be rescued by Michael. And what about those who are dead? It says those who are lying in the dust will come back to life. It's but a sleep. No matter if it's burial or cremation or mutilation or whatever. Rise again victorious to stand before Jesus. There were two other beings here in this Daniel account. One asked, how long before all these wonderful things happen, namely the resurrection? What is always going to happen before Christianity is just about annihilated? Then the end will come. And it's kind of interesting how the angel doesn't give Daniel a date as to when it's going to happen. And even if he did give a date, why worry? Because we're all going to heaven. But God tells us in the words before us, Christianity will almost be annihilated and then the end will come. So don't get too comfortable here. This is not our real home and trying to find lasting security and happiness is an illusion because we're living in a place that doesn't last. So just be ready to go home. Sometimes I ask myself the question, what would you do, how would your life changed, change if you knew exactly when Jesus was coming? What if you knew that Jesus was coming December 24th next year? What if you knew that Jesus was coming in six months from now? You know what the real answer is? Our lives wouldn't change at all. We're in love with Jesus, and we would want him to come and find us doing exactly what we're doing today. You are prepared for the last day. Because if you declare that Jesus is Lord and believe that God brought him back to life, you will be saved. By believing, you receive God's approval, and by declaring your faith, you are saved. Scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be ashamed. Daniel says, at the end of time, we will all shine like stars because we have led others to righteousness and the knowledge of Jesus. Knowing all of these things, these are tough times to live in. But we know one day we'll see Jesus face to face. Daniel asked uh, one of the angels, how will these things end? And you know what basically the angel said? Amidst all of these problems, just carry on. Continue on. Don't be deterred by the knowledge of all the difficulties. Be faithful. Because one day you'll be laid to rest, but also to come alive again and stand before Jesus. Aren't you glad that when it comes to the signs of the end, when it comes to the knowledge of the last day, that we don't have to base our 
thoughts on opinions or guesses or speculation, but on the truth. So like Daniel, we listen to the angel say, carry on, you'll be just fine. Remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. But still, nevertheless, as we go through this life, so many times I know we feel like the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea with the Red Sea in front of them and the Egyptian army in back. And then we have to remember the words of Moses. Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. Terrible days now. A wonderful day ahead. And that's the truth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds. God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate, He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 